Salam guys! Welcome, Welcome to, to Twice, Twice Inspired with Habiba and Shukri. So we really hope this podcast will inspire you. We're just two best friends who love to have deep, meaningful conversations. And even though the things we're going to talk about are nothing new, sometimes it's helpful to hear it twice, so you can be Twice Inspired. Hi guys! Hello <laughs> guys, welcome back to episode 20. 20. Oh my gosh, the big 20. Yeah. I know, it's so exciting, I can't believe we're actually at episode 20. Um, and I'm really, really excited about this episode because we have a very special guest. Um, we have someone who has helped me a lot in my journey <laughs> and um, someone that I still speak to today and everything. So we have Bess, who was my Hi. PT. Hi, Bess. Hey. Hey. I'm so glad to be here with you guys, chatting about all things fitness. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, when we I'm first started so this podcast, sorry, Shigri, <laughs> um, oh, we, were, we were like thinking of guests we could have and like Shigri like mentioned you first. She was like, oh my gosh, I can have Bess, my personal trainer. So you've been one of the yeah. original guests that we've uh, I'm on the OG list I feel honest yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely because um so if I just give a little bit of background I so best works for um a gym right next to where I used to live and I'm trying to think like there's been so many times where I've been like on and on and off well to be fair the pandemic happened so that's why I was off but I started yeah. and I remember the first day I was literally on the website getting a gym membership. It was like the middle of the night. It was like past midnight because I was like, I need to fix my life. This is ridiculous. So I'm literally on the website getting a gym membership. And then I was like, do you know what? I need to have a PT as well because I can't do this on my own. I've, I've like um, joined, you know, so many gyms and nothing's changed. So let me get a PT. And I was like reading through their profiles and um, obviously Bess's was the best one. <laughs> Because it, it just seemed like really qualified and just like friendly and just I was like okay I think this is the one that I'm gonna go for, um and then yeah and then we met after that and then the rest is history. So from there, um Bess has like really helped me in terms of my fitness and like knowing what to do in the gym because before that I was completely clueless, um and I guess as well like and also she's been a great friend as well like I could definitely say that. So, um, so thank you very much for that, Beth. Oh, that makes me all emotional. Yeah, I will never forget waking up in the morning thinking, who is this girl booking her consultation at one o'clock in the morning? Like, <laughs> it must be desperate. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, because it was. Um, no. Yeah, I remember you we... telling me about, about this and like just always talking about you and just always telling me about his sessions. <laughs> Oh, we have such a great time. And I think that's really important as well. Like, and you, you were saying about how you selected your PT. And that's a question I get all the time. Like, how do you know a PT is a good PT? Because there's a lot of PTs around and there's a lot of qualifications yeah. around. Um, and I think it is really important to make sure that you, you know, research your PT well, make sure they're insured, ask where they got their qualifications from, ask about their experience and make sure that you are, um matched up with somebody who's who's right for you and has the expertise that you need as well um so yeah I think it's really important that everyone knows they should be vetting their PTs before they choose who they're going to be training with it's important yeah it yeah. makes sense to be honest yeah 
so I guess like the first question is like did you always because this is one thing about Bessie like she does everything like I feel like you do almost <laughs> everything so I want to know a little bit of the background like how did you become a personal trainer is this what you always thought you was going to be or what was that journey kind of like so I get asked this quite a lot and I think I always surprise people when I say that I was never into sport I was not into fitness I was not into gym like I was the girl who skipped PE for five years that's crazy I it was just not something that I was into um I've always been quite active um I've I've been sort of riding horses and um doing gymnastics and dance from from quite young and I always really enjoyed that um but I wasn't a massive team sports fan and um yeah so I hadn't really thought about fitness as a career uh, until my dad got quite sick and I started working to help my family out and the job that I got was as a receptionist in a leisure center in a leisure center gym um, and I wasn't very good on the tills my maths is not fantastic my computer work is not great so they said I just said I'm really not enjoying it but I need this job and they said, oh, well, if you get qualified as, as a fitness instructor, then you can start working in the gym upstairs. Um, so I did my research and I found a eight week long course that did my level two, my level three and a load of extras as well. Um, and it was all in person, which is how I prefer to learn. Um, and I did that in my summer holidays when I was 16. Um, and so I spent my whole summer holidays getting qualified, started working straight away as a fitness instructor. And the rest is history. Um, wow, I really enjoyed so working young. with people. Yeah, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed working with people. I really enjoyed the fact that I could help people um, every day. Every day I could come home and yeah, know that I've helped someone. Mm. But it was all just to support because I wanted to be an actor. And my mum said, "You're not acting if you don't have a decent plan B." So I went, "Ta-da! There's plan B." Uh, <laughs> and yeah so I did the acting thing and it was great I did I had my own tv show and I did some films and it was it was great but I didn't get yeah, some films some films you need to say which film <laughs> so I had um two seasons of my own show on ITV called Spy School which is a kids show and then um I featured in Aladdin um as a dancer and I did all the backing vocals for the soundtrack as well and it was an amazing experience like you know it's it's so beyond the world that we know um but I didn't come home at the end of the day feeling like I'd done something good for somebody and I realized that actually that was probably more important to me um and so I sort of ended up taking myself further down the route of fitness and realized that actually the acting world was great fun but it wasn't for me um and then, yeah, threw myself headfirst into making sure that my fitness business was a success and, and you know, trying to touch as many people as I could with the knowledge that I have. That's honestly so inspiring because usually people just would go for the fame and go for the, the what's it called, like, just the stardom. But yeah. Like you chose just the, the fact of, like, helping people over that is, like, really selfless and... And amazing and I love that because there's not that oh. many people in the world that would kind of choose that <laughs> I think it's easy to get sucked into what we think is going to make us happy yeah and exactly. actually just end up on this endless pursuit of trying to find what that happiness is and actually if you can 
sit down, take a look at yourself and really, really think about what actually gives you satisfaction, you'll probably find the root of that so much quicker and then find happiness in your life and in your career a lot quicker. Um, yeah, it's I not about, off? yeah. Sorry, I cut you off, carry on. Oh, it's okay. No, I was just saying it's not, um, it's not about what other people think is happiness you know mm. like a lot of people go oh but I think surely that would be like the best career and I'm like well and it's easy to just let those people um get in your head yeah. the same way you know if if your parents have an idea of what they want you to do as a, as a career and they'll tell you how great it is um you have to be able to step away from all of that and assess yourself and and yeah figure out what works for you yeah because mm -hmm. I was just gonna say like that is so true to say that because obviously you would think like oh my god Aladdin that is so good and like because like I was gonna ask like what was it like to work on Aladdin and like with Will Smith and like these big actors and stuff like that yeah no it was so so cool um it was I mean it's just a massive scale production the team is massive um and to work with people who are um, so established in the industry like I adore Will Smith um I, I love everything that he starred and everything that he's made and um to to work with him and hang out with him and kind of you know chat with him about his experiences too was really cool but what nobody tells you is the hours are so long I was waking up at probably quarter to four three forty-five in the morning to travel oh my um my makeup call was about quarter to five we would, um, we'd arrive, we'd have some breakfast, all of your belongings get taken. You can't have your phone, you can't bring any books, you can't bring a pack of cards, everything has to be cleared and signed by security. Mm -hmm. So you would come in, have breakfast, um, get in your costume, wait another hour, have another breakfast, and then <laughs> go and get your makeup done, and then yeah. wait around. And then sometimes, <laughs> yeah, sometimes we wouldn't start filming until, I mean, we wouldn't be in front of camera until, 2 p.m 3 p.m and then you keep working until seven eventually get out of your costume have your belongings back and then I'd be going and doing a shift at the gym after because I needed to oh my God. you know keep keep my commitments going outside of that and I think that's what's really difficult um so it was it was amazing um yeah I wouldn't fault it so how um, old were you when you went into like acting and stuff um so I think I was 14 and my friend at school said it's bring a friend week at my drama school will you come with me and I said I couldn't think of anything worse than being <laughs> in a room with people singing and dancing and faffing around and she said oh you're not my friend then and so oh, in the yeah. end she, I went with her um and I loved it and you know I was having a bit of a tough time as a kid at the time so my mum was like anything to get you out the house and doing something just just yeah go yeah. for it do it and um my lovely um teacher went on maternity leave and my agent was covering for her I didn't know she was an agent at the time and um at about 15 she said hey so I'm an agent in London do tv and film stuff I want you on my books and my dad was too sick to chaperone and my mum worked full time so basically I was told no you can't and she held the place for me and waited until I was 18 um wow. and then when I was 18 I started started working so I worked with her for a little bit and 
worked at the drama school and kind of kept my development going. I got into Italia Conti, did a foundation degree in acting in the meantime. And then, yeah, as soon as as soon as I left, it all started kicking off. Okay, so then when did you like focus upon the PT stuff and how long did it take you to like actually become a qualified personal trainer? So it took eight weeks to get my level two, my level three and a couple of little extra bits. Um, But to be honest, I think the most that you learn is um, while you're doing the job. Um, Mm -hmm. You learn massively through experience. Um, In the fitness industry, we have CPD courses, continued professional development courses, which I love doing. I'm a sado. I really enjoy learning. So (laughs) I try to do a course every year. Um, so I've done my kettlebell masters course. I've done my exercise to music course. I've done my pre and postnatal course. I'm in the middle at the moment of doing my yoga course. Um, so there's lots of different avenues and lots of different specialisms that you can go into. Um, and then, yeah, I started working as a fitness instructor, which is just supervising the gym, um, learning about all the procedures in a gym that you would need to know, running a few little classes. Um, and I did that from when I was 16 until probably... 18, 19, um, and I did that part-time. And then I moved to another gym and started working as a personal trainer. So the difference between a fitness instructor and a personal trainer, fitness instructor supervises the gym, runs some classes, um, does inductions. A personal trainer, you are self-employed, you run your own business, um, and you work personally with clients to develop and um, work towards their goals. So I started working as a personal trainer, yeah, from the age of 19 in a gym in Borough. Um, so I went self-employed and I was also doing classes. Um, I was a class instructor at the same time. So I was working in about five different gyms um, to try and make ends meet because you have to pay rent as a PT. Um, and rent can vary. Rent can vary from 450 a month up to 2,000, 2,500 a month, depending on the gym that you're working in. So you have to be in a position where you're able to, you know, pay for your own bills, rent, mortgage, whatever you have. Also pay for your gym rent and then start making profit on top. Mm. So, yeah, I worked quite a few jobs for a long time. Um, And then the gym opened in Collier's Wood and I really saw a gap in the market for that gym. I thought it was going to be really popular. We sort of in Collier's Wood, we had lots of boutique gyms and small gyms and expensive gyms, but we didn't have a big low budget um, gym that was accessible for everyone. Yeah. So as soon as I saw it being built, I, um, I contacted, found the manager somehow on Facebook and said, Hey, you're opening this gym. I want to work there. He was like, it's not built yet. I was like, great. Can I come and see it? And I so, so I went in in a hard hat and high vis to view the gym. Um, That's crazy. And I was like, yeah, I want to work here. Um, so yeah, I was literally from when it was rubble to how it is now. And I set up my business there. I was still doing classes. Um, so I was working about 70 hours a week at the beginning to try and figure it all out. And then um yeah, I built my client base quite quickly at Collier's Wood. I just made myself present all the time. I was there every living minute of the day that I could be just to help everybody out. Um, and eventually I had enough clients that I was able to quit all my other jobs. And so now I just work um, for myself. Um, yeah, so well that's done. kind of the journey. Thanks. That's so amazing. Literally like 
just hearing about your journey and also how like you're getting like different qualifications in different places and stuff because yeah. it's true like with fitness it's like there's so many different ways to get fit and lose weight or gain muscle and things like that um, yeah. but I was interested in like you know so um you know you said you just got you got your pre and postnatal qualification Yes. Um, what was that like because I feel like that was really interesting I feel like as I was leaving I heard you speaking about that so I wanted to know how it was going <laughs> how it went yeah. so, like what advice would you give to you know women that are pregnant and want to stay fit because sometimes you hear that you know they feel like you know they shouldn't do exercise or should they mm-hmm. so you're qualified yeah to you know what it was by far the most interesting qualification that I ever did I also feel like I learned things that even my pregnant friends or my friends who have children, even my own mother didn't know about pregnancy (laughs) that they wish they knew. Um, And it was, yeah, so it was, it was enlightening as a woman. It was interesting as a woman and as somebody who wants to think about having kids one day, Um, Mm -hmm. but also really interesting um, to know, you know, there's, there's a lot of myths and there's a lot of things out there saying that you shouldn't exercise, that you should exercise, some's good and some's bad. Um, and actually the key with fitness in pregnancy is that you should continue doing what it was you did before. That mm-hmm. is the main thing. If you were training five times a week before you got pregnant, you should continue training five times a week. If you were not training at all before you got pregnant, Perhaps you can start some very light movement, but you shouldn't be increasing your intensity. You should be trying to maintain all the way through your pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a minefield in terms of what's recommended, which is why I would say that anybody who is considering um, training while they are pregnant should think about getting a PT so that they have someone there. who knows the things that you should and shouldn't do and the things that change through each trimester. Um, Mm. Kind of the general summary is in your first trimester, everything's good. Everything's normal. You just keep training as you would have done. Um, Second trimester, obviously your bump starts to get a little bigger. So you have to start considering that in terms of your space. Um, And you start adapting things so that you are not upside down at any point (laughs) and that you are not laying completely flat at any point either so everything should be on a slight incline so your chest should be above your hips um and that pretty much carries through into um into your third trimester obviously bump is a little bit bigger so it starts to restrict some more movement which is kind of self-explanatory and we still stay on an incline and we still try and maintain the weights that that you were doing in your second um it's just about navigating everyone's pregnancy is different And it's about navigating how you feel. And it's actually much more about um, managing the fatigue, the exhaustion, the nausea, um, all those fun things that come with growing a human. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's um, yeah, it was it was so, so interesting. But also, um, yeah, you're much more capable of training during pregnancy than I think a lot of people think they are. Yeah, yeah that is so true and like have you had any like uh pre- like this is, I'm gonna do a kind of like two-in-one question have you had <laughs> yeah. any um like pregnant um clients so far how have they been and then like what is the best type of client just generally okay cool so um yeah I've had a few I ran really really fun um a postnatal class um in the park near me during lockdown because there are a lot of mummies who'd had babies in lockdown 
and hadn't been able to socialize with other mums. Their babies hadn't been able to socialize with other babies and they didn't really have access to, um, to gyms either. So as soon as the rule of six was all clear, I had a lovely group of six girls with their six babies who came and trained with me. Um, and we had so much fun. We brought the babies with us and, um, yeah, it was, it was really social, really safe and, um, got some nice fresh air in the summer so yeah we had a really good time and one of my lovely clients I trained her for two years before she got pregnant I trained her through her pregnancy um we had the best time she had her little break after having her baby boy we went back to training and then um three months later she got pregnant again so, oh my god she's pregnant now and so she wow. is um She's obviously got her hands full a little bit more than the first pregnancy. So she is doing training via my app. So I set her workouts on the app because I've been training her for a long time. She's pretty confident in what she's doing. And um, yeah, she does all her workouts from home with her little one and the little one to be. Um, Yeah. So, but back to your second part of the question, the best client. Um, This made me laugh when, um, when I was looking at some of the questions we were going to be discussing today. Um, I think for me, the best type of client is somebody who is realistic, grounded and willing to try new things Um, because the process of fitness is never how you anticipate it to be. And it is a journey and it is a long term commitment. Uh, There's nothing short term about looking after your health. Um, And I think with so much false information on the Internet, and with the rise of social media mm. and lots of unqualified people giving unsolicited advice on mm. social media, it becomes really difficult to understand what is achievable, what's attainable, what's realistic and what's not. And so you have to have trust and you have to have faith in your PT that they've been here, done it, and they know what's realistic for you. Um, but also somebody who's committed getting a PC is not as simple as I will pay this person a lot of money and I will lose a lot of weight. That's never the way that it is. With all of my clients in the first meeting, I say, hey, look, from this point onwards, as soon as you sign your contract, we're a team and I will give you 100% and you will give me 100%. If at some point you feel like I'm not giving 100% or I feel like you're not giving 100%, then we'll have a conversation about that. And I can give you as your PT, all of the tools, all of the advice and all of the knowledge, but I cannot do it for you. I cannot train for you. I cannot put in the effort for you. I cannot uh, bat food out of your hand every 24 hours. (laughs) You know, there's certain things that you have to take responsibility for. So I think that's the best client, the client who understands their role in the team and is a team player. Um, Yeah. So what, who would you say is like your worst kind of client then? <laughs> so, the one- <laughs> so I think, <laughs> loaded question. So I think, the, <laughs> I think the worst kind of client is a client who doesn't trust you. Um, you know, somebody who comes in and says, I want to achieve this goal by this date. And I say, in my knowledge, that's not realistic or healthy. And they turn around and go, but it is. I saw Kim Kardashian do it or whatever it is. And they don't trust your knowledge. Um, And those are the kind of clients that I find quite difficult to work with. Um, Yeah, I need somebody. Or the other thing, you know, 
what goes hand in hand. My best clients are the ones who are committed and are part of a team. I think my worst clients are the ones who aren't committed, don't put in the effort, you know. They're there with me for that one hour a week that they've booked for. And then for the rest of the hours of the week, they're going and undoing everything that I'm trying to do. Um, so, yeah, I think that's probably the most difficult client um, that I could have. I think that's really good that you stick to your principles and you're not just someone who's going to like take a client just for the sake of having a client or or like encouraging their unhealthy habits. Because it's true, there's just so many things out there that encourage all these unhealthy habits and unhealthy ways of thinking totally. but, um, mindset is so important and like the way we think about our bodies and our health and you like you said social media has such a bad influence and effect on us yeah definitely and <clears throat> it is it's about being being realistic and my you know the first 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 principle of anybody that I train is I'm here to keep you safe and that is safe physically and that's safe mentally if you're coming to me saying that you want to lose an unhealthy amount of weight in an unhealthy amount of time. It's just not something that I'm willing to facilitate the same way with, you know, any other eating habits. If somebody wanted to put on a huge load of muscle and said, actually, I want to look at using steroids. It's just not something that I agree with or something that I would encourage. And so it's not a type of training that I would be willing to engage in. And there might be a trainer for you somewhere else that is happy to work with you and happy to to do that with you but I stick hard and fast that health comes first aesthetic comes second absolutely and I feel like that is definitely something that I learned from you where it was like I kind of at the beginning I just wanted to lose weight but then as I was going along I just wanted to be healthy and feel stronger and be like actually this isn't about you know looking skinny or looking pretty it's just about what is good for me and once you start to learn those different things in what you eat and what you do then you kind of like I think it's just way better and especially even what you're saying about losing a lot of weight really fast and then you know maybe it's for a wedding or something and then mm -hmm. put it back on it's just it just doesn't make sense so yeah. like, I always agree with that like you know change your habits and then your lifestyle will change and it will last longer um, absolutely yeah so I think like uh, one of the things I wanted to go on to as well is that obviously as a PT and you know with fitness and with health it's something that people are always constantly talking about obviously it probably spikes during the beginning of the year or like right after Christmas and everything and everyone's so motivated what do you do with your clients or you know people, you know, people that follow you and think how would you advise someone who you know wants to stay fit and wants to lose weight or build muscle and um is finding it hard to stay motivated um what would you say to them so I think um the easiest way to do that is to find the why behind the why and what I mean by that is people come to me and say I want to lose weight and I say why they say because I'm not happy and then I say well why and actually normally behind the losing weight for Christmas or losing weight for a wedding or losing weight for a holiday there's a why behind the why it's I am not able to run around and play with my kids or I walked up the stairs at the station and nearly passed out because I was so tired or I saw myself in a bikini and it made me really really sad and uncomfortable now I don't want to go to the beach anymore there's always a much deeper reason as to why you feel that way and if you can find the why behind the why and a bigger purpose that you're serving then it'll be a lot easier to stay committed to 
your goal. Um, the other kind of tiny thing that I use that has helped not just me, but so many of my clients, and I'm sure I've said this to Shukri in the past before as well, um, wake up every day and ask yourself, are you motivated or are you going to be disciplined? And then you don't give yourself a choice. Some days you will wake up and you will feel super motivated. January the 1st, right? We wake up, new year, new me, I'm super motivated. Great, let that motivation carry you. And then at some point around January the 12th, 13th, 14th, (laughs) you wake up and you think, I'm not motivated, but I'm going to be disciplined. And I'm going to be disciplined until the motivation comes back. And it's all about learning to ride that wave. And I find that asking myself that question in the morning just helps me to refocus every day. It's a tiny little tool, but it does really help. Mm, Absolutely. And thank you so much. Because even now, like, I definitely could could be in a much better place. But one thing that I'm proud of myself is that, like, I haven't gone back to, because that was one thing I remember even speaking to you about it. Like, every time I've gone to the gym, like, I'll lose weight in like you know a few weeks or a month, and then I'll put on what I what I had before plus more, and yeah. like since like last year, since all those sessions and stuff, I've never like gone back to that weight before. It's only gone down and then like kind of plateaued. Because yeah. like, I'm like it hasn't ever gone back to that you know ridiculous number. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, that's so good shit. Well done. Thank you. I mean, I, I definitely need to be doing much better, but it's like even little things like, for example, going up the stairs at the station, like that is not a big deal for me anymore. Or like even if I go jogging on the, in the mornings with my husband and stuff, it's like it's enjoyable. And there was a time in my life where I thought there's no way I can go jogging in the morning <laughs> for more than a minute. Like there's no way. But now I can do yeah. it easily, like 20 minutes. It's not fast, but, but it's something. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so, exactly. And it's all about celebrating your little wins. And, you know, if you keep beating yourself up and saying, oh, I should be doing more and I could have done this and I could have done that. Actually, if you focus on the little things that you have done, you're like, I've maintained. And sometimes Mm. that is the biggest win. Like, I've just maintained. Like, or the fact that you started jogging. Like, that's something that's new since even I've been working with you. That's a huge win. That's a huge win that you've started a new habit and that you're, you're... you've got someone around you who supports that habit too um and it gives you an opportunity to spend time together and you're getting joy from it so um yeah it's about and that's the other thing that does keep you motivated you know you may have that one big goal in your head or that one big vision in your head but if you're celebrating your little wins week on week that will always keep you going yeah definitely and I have I still know like the little routines and stuff and I've got like little weights in my living room so yeah. I still do those things <laughs> so, and the step ups and everything like that, the squats and everything. Um, and like, yeah, so thanks for all of that. Well, good. I'm glad that, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that you've still got tools that you can use. And that's why, why I say it's all about teamwork and I'm still on your team because I've still, still given yeah. you knowledge and <laughs> given you tools and given you support, but then you've taken it and you've run with it. And that's what you, you, you are the source of your success, you know? Yeah, she's, she's literally taking it and run with it <laughs> <laughs> literally literally because <laughs> I'm talking about because I remember before when I was like um 
when I was like with you, I was so happy to know that like, I don't have to run so much and like, that's the only way to lose weight. So thinking about yes. like, you know, like with running versus, you know, for cardio versus like weight, weight lifting and things, is there, is there something that is best for weight loss or is it kind of like up to the person? So weight loss for most people is very simple. Your input versus your output. If you are burning more calories than you are consuming, you will lose weight. If you are not losing weight, then it's probably something to do with your hormone balance. Um, people with PCOS find it difficult to lose weight. Um, people with thyroid conditions find it difficult to lose weight. Um, so there is, there's kind of a handful of conditions that are not within our control that can make it difficult for us to lose weight. However, if you're not losing weight and you are saying that your input is less than your output, <laughs> then you probably need to reevaluate what that's all about. Um, so when we talk about input, we're talking about your nutrition, what you are feeding yourself. Um, so it's really important that we have an awareness of what we are putting into our bodies. If you are eating less calories than you are burning in a day, you will lose weight. Even if you're not exercising, everybody has what we call a BMR, basal metabolic rate. Your basal metabolic rate is the calories that you will burn just by existing, just by laying there, existing in life. Um, so I think for my, I'm five foot three and I weigh 55 kilos and my basal metabolic rate is 1,200 and something. So that's what I would burn in a day without doing anything. Um, obviously, I do a lot. I um, I probably walk six to 10K a day. I've got dogs and horses and then I'll ride and then I'll train. Um, so I kind of expand the calories that I burn in a day. Um, and I then eat accordingly. If I've had a really high impact day and I've done a lot of stuff, then I know that I've got a few more calories to play with. If I've had a bit of a lazy day, and believe me, I have those. If I've had a lazy <laughs> day, then I just kind of consider it and adapt as I should. But the reason that I find that so easy is because of the knowledge that I have of nutrition. I know when I look at a plate, I know what I'm looking at. I know around about how much protein's in there. I know kind of what the fat content is. I know kind of what my carbohydrate content is and I can look at a plate and say, yeah, that's around about 850 calories. Mm. Now, most people don't have that experience, which is why I always recommend using my fitness pal for a period of time. And I want to specify just a period of time um, to get to know what's in your food. You should be able to look at a plate and know that if it's portioned correctly. Um, and my fitness pal is great. Um, for showing you in depth what the nutritional value of food is. It shouldn't become obsessive. You shouldn't be using it all the time for the rest of your life and counting calories like your life depends on it because it doesn't. But it's really good in educating yourself on the things that you eat and the things that you like and what that means for you. Um, so when it comes to cardio versus weights, it depends on what you're putting into your body. Um, I prefer doing a mix of both. Cardio is great for everything on the inside, right? It mm. improves your cardio system. 
it improves your respiratory system. It starts burning into your carbohydrate store first. Once you run out of carbs, then it burns into your fat store. Um, weights is amazing for your joints, maintaining your joints, building muscle, building strength, which is then going to help look after your spine. Um, and so I think the two kind of go hand in hand. But when it comes to weight loss specifically, input versus output. Okay, excellent. Thank you so much. <laughs> I think, um, we, yeah, that was like, I'm like taking that in. I'm going to like re-listen re to this and remind myself of all of that. <laughs> yeah, so some questions I wanted to ask about fitness and stuff is, because this is what I'm trying to do right now. I'm trying to lose weight, but also build muscle. Yeah. So is it something that can be done at the same time? Um, or is it better to do it separately? And like, what, what is the best method for, for doing that? So complicated answer for a complicated question. Um, yes, you can lose weight and build muscle at the same time, but it depends on what kind of weight you're trying to lose and what level of muscle you're trying to put on. In order to lose weight, our input needs to be less than our output. Um, if you are trying to lose fat, then you'll have to work quite hard. Uh, the way that our bodies work is once we start exercising, we start using our carbohydrates first. They're the easiest to break down. As soon as you run out of carbohydrates to break down, then we start burning into your fat store. So you can imagine that you need to train quite intensely for a period of time in order to get into that fat store. In order to build muscle, you can build strength without building muscle mass. If you want to build muscle mass, then you need to be feeding your muscle enough for it to grow, which then goes against the input output. When we're building muscle, our input is often higher than our output because we want to put on that muscle weight, which means you're going to be getting heavier. So it's a, it's a really complicated one. Um, so there's kind of two ways you can go about it. If you're looking to uh, lean out a little bit and get stronger, but you're not trying to be super hench, you can do both at the same time. You do a nice mix of cardio. When you're training your weights, you make sure that you massively up your protein intake on those days so that you are building strength and building muscle. And the two will kind of come together hand in hand. If it's going to be a little bit more extreme and you want to be super lean and you want to build a significant amount of muscle, then you're going to be going through phases of bulking and leaning. And this is what you often hear that bodybuilders are doing. So you'll go through a stage of leaning out where you're doing lots of muscular endurance. So low uh, weight, high rep exercise with cardio and you're on a restricted calorie diet. After you've done your lean phase, this could be anything up to six weeks. Um, you'll then go into a bulking phase where you are eating more calories, significantly more and weight training um, quite intensely um, five to six days a week. And then you would continue to build muscle. Um, when you are on those high calorie diets, it's extremely focused on protein. So everything is all about balance and it gets to a stage where you will be having to make sure that you weigh your food, that you prep your food, um, that you're not going out to eat very often. And that's kind of the more extreme focused way of doing it. Both ways are healthy, um, but it's about what, kind of balance will work for you in real life if that makes sense yeah thank you so much that that really helped because I've been struggling with that for so long I'm like yeah. I'm gonna lose weight but I also want to build muscle like what is the right <laughs> way to do this and I've just been kind of doing what I think is right but yeah. um, I was gonna say something I forgot now but 
Is it if I forgot, but maybe it will come back to me. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come. Yeah, Shooks, do you want to ask the next question? Yeah. Um, so when it comes to doing cardio and like hit exercises versus like weights, can you do them on the same day or should it be a different day? What is better or is there a better way? Um, I think it depends on the person. I don't think there is a better way. Um, so I would probably say that most of the time I do both, but not um, not in a deliberate way. I'll make mm. time for my weight training at the gym. Um, but I also have horses that need ridden. So that's cardio. Um, mm. So that will happen. Or I'll need to walk my dog. It might be a very fast walk because I'm pushed for time. So I might do 5K in half an hour with the dog. Um, because it needs doing while doing my weights. And that's just because I live an active lifestyle. Um, if you're going to do cardio and weights on the same day, um, I would always say to do your cardio first, then do your weights. Um, if you're exhausting your muscles, they're then not able to support you in the way that they need to in order to do your cardio. So if you come and do a massive leg session and a load of abs, for example, in the morning, and then you want to try and run later, while your muscles are exhausted and your glutes are tired and your abs are tired, then those muscles are not going to be able to support your posture or your mm -hmm. joints in the way that it needs to for that run to be safe and for you to not injure yourself. So to avoid injury, I would always say cardio first, weights later. Um, but yeah, it kind of depends on, on you as a person. Um, some people will do their cardio in the morning and think that is definitely it for me. Um, and they can try and train weights and it might just not feel as productive. So it's kind of trial and error to work yeah. out what fits your lifestyle the best and also what your body responds to the best. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Yeah, I think you just need to kind of figure out what works best for you because mm -hmm. as you said, you have like you have so many animals and I love seeing them on Instagram, like they just make <laughs> so happy. Um, and do you feel like people could you know do different types of exercises to kind of help them because I feel like if you went for a walk with your dog or you know riding a horse like that's really good for your mental health are there any tips you can give for like mental health and self-care whilst also exercising at the same time yeah I mean physical exercise and physical movement and your mental health definitely go hand in hand like you know hormonally there are so many things that happen when you're exercising that look after your mental health you've got the endorphin rush that we always talk about there's no way that you can exercise physically and not feel better mentally scientifically they go together however you shouldn't be forcing yourself to um to do a type of exercise that doesn't make you happy um the point where it gets difficult is if say okay someone's decided they want to lose weight and they're going to start running and then it's as it transpires they hate running and it doesn't make them happy now you will get an endorphin rush after running even if it's not your thing that scientifically will happen for you however the anxiety buildup leading up to that run and um the anticipation and the feeling defeated afterwards if it wasn't as good as you wanted it to be that's where it can start um taking a toll on your mental health in the opposite way so you need to make sure that whatever exercise you're doing you enjoy it that you're supported that it's not something that um 
makes you anxious to think about. And if it is, then you need to get to the root of why. And your personal trainer can help you with that too. Um, so yeah, I think they definitely, definitely go hand in hand. It's just about finding what makes you tick. And this is why it's personal training. It is different for every mm-hmm. single person. Um, so you really have to, and it might take a few months of diving into different things and trying different things out. Try training in the morning, see if that helps. Try training in the evening, see if that helps. Try training at weekends, train with a friend, train by yourself, train with a trainer, go running, go cycling, go rowing. Um, you know, try a few different things out and figure out what, yeah, what makes you tick. I think sometimes as well, fitness can be more of a mental health thing than actually like reaching a fitness goal. Like I know my sister, she's always like, oh, I go gym for like mental health. And at first I never understood it. <laughs> um, and like, sometimes I wouldn't really maybe see her losing weight or see like anything particularly different in her body or whatever, but she would always be like, mm-hmm. just mental health. And then when I started yeah. going gym and I started being more fit and active, I kind of realized what she meant because even sometimes if you're not reaching your goals, just doing something and being active makes you feel so much better and keeps you kind of sane. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of goes with how, how I was raised was, you know, the first thing you do in the morning is make your bed because then you've achieved something. Then yeah. you're worth something. <laughs> if you've woken up and you've given yourself a task and you can put a great big tick on that task, if you, even if it's just by making the bed, it's like, cool, I've done something today. I've given myself something to do today. And yeah. sometimes that's all you need from a workout is just to go and say, I did that. Mm. You know, I'm capable. I can do that. So, yeah, sometimes yeah. it's right down to the littlest things. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I kind of remembered my question. <laughs> yeah. It also linked to another question I wanted to ask, which was, in regards to protein so if I'm trying to lose weight and build muscle and I'm upping my intake of protein will that will that um will that go to like building muscle or will it also maybe make me put on a little bit of weight because I'm upping my protein intake if you know what I mean yeah so it will be most of the time a little bit of both um so proteins are the molecules that build your muscle Now, if we could just have pure protein with nothing else in it, what a dream. It would go straight to our muscles. However, most sources of protein have other things within them. So, um, for example, salmon, great source of protein, also really high in fat. So bear in mind that you will be taking in that fat too. Oh my Uh, God, I never knew that. Yeah, really high in fat. Good fats, but still fats. Um, Same with chickpeas. Chickpeas are high in protein as a veggie version um but they're also really high in carbohydrates so you're also taking in that and your body will need to process and use all that carbohydrate too um so it's about looking at your protein sources um and working out kind of what is going to work for you and your goals um because upping your protein is massively important for muscle building but we need to understand what else is in that food that we're having Mm. and how we can manage that yeah, that makes sense. I guess that's why a lot of people have chicken breast because it's quite lean and it's high in protein. Yeah, it's quite lean. Um, chicken has a little bit of carbs. It's quite low in fat, depending on the cut. Chicken breast, obviously, um, low in fat. Your brown meat is slightly higher in fat. Um, and it has a really high protein content per gram. So that's why chicken's really popular. Turkey's really popular. Um, all those kind of lean meats. Yeah. So in regards to like protein shakes and protein supplements, Mm-hmm. Um, how effective are they and 
can you put muscle on without them? Like, um, because I started taking them recently and I don't really like all this fake stuff. I'm, I'm quite, I try to quite natural. as much as possible, but I felt like I needed to start taking that stuff if I really wanted to see results. Um, yeah. I just wanted to know a bit more about that and what you think of, of like. Yeah. I mean, for another link and I'll, I'll get you guys to link it below, but there is a, um, a video that I did a while ago on my Instagram about protein shakes versus getting your protein from natural sources. Um, I'm the same. I prefer to be on the more natural side. However, if you've got quite a, a specific goal to build muscle and you are not getting your protein intake easily in your calorie count, then protein shakes can be really helpful um, because they generally are low calorie. They generally have low carb. They generally have next to no fat um, and no sugars. Um, and they are the purest kind of form of protein that you can get. Obviously, different protein shakes and supplements contain different types of protein. And that's really important to look into in terms of what works with your digestive system. Whey protein is the most common. It comes from cow's milk um, and they extract the protein from there. That's what most protein shakes are made of. But these days, um, there's lots of veggie and vegan sources of protein that are used as well you've got pea protein rice protein soy protein uh hemp protein um so there's lots of different options there as well they're great is um as an option if you're trying to keep on a low calorie diet um they're great if you are vegetarian and you can't get your protein source from meat and you're finding it difficult to get your protein in in a veggie diet without increasing your carbs. That's a really, really common problem. And they're also great if you're pushed for time. Um, chuck a protein shake in your bag and you know that you're getting the nutrients that you need on the way from the gym to work or whatever it is that you need to do. Can you do it naturally? Absolutely. Do you have to start getting a little bit more in-depth and understanding what's in your food and weighing your food and all of that stuff in order to do it naturally? Yes, you need to put that work in too. Um, but yeah, I did put um, a really succinct video on my Instagram about um, protein shakes. So that's a really good one to go back to um, to understand the difference between the two. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely put that. Well, I would definitely like put that on our page as well. Cool. So people can access yeah. that. Because I remember, I remember looking through your Instagram as well and like finding it really useful, some of the information. Like for example, I've always wondered, so if I do a workout or I do a leg day and I'm trying to build muscle on my legs, like up to when can I will the protein that I take be useful for that muscle to build muscle my leg if you know what I mean um, yeah you said like up to 48 hours or 24 hours yeah now, but yeah 48 hours near enough 36 yeah. to 48 hours I a long period of time yeah, I always thought it's like straight after the same day and like any protein after that wouldn't necessarily go to building those muscles on your legs but it would just go to your body in general but yeah you know that any protein I take after that will within that time frame will help towards building yeah definitely muscles. and the easiest way to to think about it is whenever your muscles ache after doing a specific workout that's your muscle repairing so for as long as your muscles ache that's as long as your muscles are repairing and that's for as long as your body's going to send that protein right to that source yeah that's what I think as well because sometimes I'll be aching for days and I'm like okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just keep feeding those muscles they're repairing and they need uh they need the protein love oh, yeah, and um 
definitely with like everyone needs to follow Bess and obviously we're going to share her Instagram um, <laughs> because there's always things on there like little information and like little bits of information that you just need to know um, and like for, so for the last bit we're just going to do a quick little myth busting um, section because as you said like on social media there's so many people talking about um, you know health and weight loss and fitness and everything like that and Sometimes there might be lies on there. Sometimes it might be true. <laughs> you never know <laughs> what we need best. Um, so I'll just kick us off. Um, so does eating after 7 p.m. mean that you'll put on more weight? So you know people always want to stop eating at a certain time. Does that count? No. Uh, fun <laughs> fact. I, I'm a PT. I train all of you guys when you finish work. That means that I don't finish my work until sometimes 10, 11 o'clock. Mm. I start work at 2 p.m. At some point, I need to eat dinner. That'll be when I get home. Um, again, it all comes down to input and output and your lifestyle. Um, your 24-hour day might look very different to my 24-hour day. Sometimes I don't start my eating day until 11 a.m. I don't really, yeah, start until then. And then I eat much later in the night. Um, you should be aware of your gut health and your digestive system and make sure that whatever you're eating is going easy on your digestive system while you sleep. Um, but yeah, no, that's a myth. <laughs> Great. Cause so it isn't eating late at night makes you put on weight. But is no. there something to do with just before you go to bed or can you eat and um, then go to an hour later and it's fine? So you will, you will never put on, it doesn't affect how much weight you put on. I.e., if I step on the scales, it's not going to affect my scale number. However, if you're eating a bowl of pasta at 11 o'clock and then going straight to sleep, um, you're going to be bloated in the morning because um, you're not um, allowing your digestive tract to function as it normally would because you're laying down horizontally. But also pasta takes a really long time for our bodies to break down. So you will probably be breaking down that pasta way into the morning. So you'll wake up and your trousers might feel a bit tight because you're bloated, but not because you put on weight. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah. Yeah. So it's just about making sure that whatever you have is nice and easy to digest yeah that's what I've heard it's, it's not actually about it's a huge myth that if you eat late you put on weight it's mm. the fact that you need your food yeah. to digest and get all those nutrients in kind of thing yeah totally um, yeah so that another uh, myth buster is do you have to cut out all carbs to lose weight no don't ever cut out all carbs oh this is my favorite myth of them all um your body really really needs carbohydrates like really needs them they're really important for your brain function um carbohydrates are the easiest source of energy for us to break down so if you're cutting out all your carbs it's really hard for your body to source energy so that's when we get brain fog and fatigue and all those nasty nasty feelings um we really need carbohydrates as a source of energy but we need them in balance um carbohydrates are easy to break down but they also are very calorific. Um, so we often don't understand how to portion our carbs correctly. And that's why we sort of started um, demonizing carbs mm. in the media. Um, they are high in calories. You know, one gram of carbs is a lot more calories than one gram of protein or one gram of fat even. Um, so Yes, do not starve your body of carbs. Your, your body really, really <laughs> needs them to function. Just be aware of what your portions should be looking like and understand how many calories are in your portions. 
yeah thank god so we don't all need to cut out bread so that would be fine. no oh my god <laughs> go for the bread just go for the good yeah. bread just a little bit of the bread <laughs> yeah. i went on a mad like three-week diet once where i cut out carbs cut out sugar um mm. and i think i did lose a lot of weight i don't know what yeah. motivated me to be able to do that and then like i did slowly start well not slowly I kind of went crazy and just had lots of sugar after <laughs> the with these diets like you you restrict yourself so much then afterwards you kind of just end up going crazy because you restricted yourself yeah. and this is why like anyone who's trained with me knows I don't do diets we do nutritional education but yeah. diet is is by nature temporary mm. um and actually looking after yourself and your body and what you're putting into your body shouldn't be a temporary situation um you should be educating yourself as much as you can to look after your body nutritionally as easy as you can every single day for the rest of your life I think exactly I just think is it worth cutting out carbs and and in the mean in the process cutting out your happiness from not having those carbs (laughs) like rather than maybe being a little bit bigger because like now I'm definitely a little bit bigger like than I was when I was cutting out carbs but yeah fine because I'm happy (laughs) because I'm eating the food I want (laughs) well this is it is cutting out carbs um is just another way of reducing calories the same thing would happen if you probably cut out protein if you stopped eating protein you'd be eating less calories and so you would lose weight yeah the same if you cut out fat you would be cutting out calories the same if i don't know you eat um you eat biscuits every day if you cut out biscuits and you're still eating the rest is the same you're reducing your calories you're losing weight most of these I'm going to call them fad diets. Most of these fad diets work on the basis of input and output. It's just fancy ways of saying it. Yeah. And it's, it's about yeah. eating healthy rather than how much you eat. Because you can eat like a huge amount. And if it's healthy, it might actually be like less calories. Yeah, and it is. And it's all about understanding what is in your food, which is why kind of I encourage people to cook from scratch as much as you can. Even if you just cook it from scratch once, um, a classic one was one of my clients was like, oh, I haven't eaten much today. I was like, oh, well, what have you had? And they went, oh, I've had lots of cups of tea and a croissant. And I went, do you know how croissants are made? She was like, no. I was like, search a recipe for a croissant and you'll think twice about whether that was uh, really worth it. And she was like, what? They roll out the, the pastry and they layer a whole chunk of butter and they do that 25 times. I'm like, yeah. That's, yeah. that's what a croissant is. And she watched a YouTube video on them making croissants. And she was like, oh my God, it's so not worth it. <laughs> and because yeah. I like cooking and I cook a lot from scratch, you can start to understand what is in there, is yeah. supposed to be in there. And then when you have something that is ready-made, you can be like, okay, well, that's why it's an extra 400 calories because they're using this type of oil or they're using a massive lump of butter or cream mm. or whatever it is so yeah cooking from scratch is the easiest way to learn what's what's in your food yeah I remember once um you told me that um like I because I remember thinking oh we're going out for dessert I'll just get a milkshake and you were like a milkshake is like having like two burgers or three burgers or something (laughs) I think we did that I think we went on the the McDonald's website as an as a example and found the calories in a large chocolate milkshake versus the calories in a Whopper meal or something. Yeah. And um, <laughs> the milkshake was more on its own. And in your head, you're like, well, I didn't eat. I just had a drink. So I was really good. And actually it's about, well, what did you have? 
And what was the calorie content of that? Exactly. Like it, it's worse. It's like you think, oh, I'm just having a milkshake. No, it's like it's true because you think I'm just having some milk, but it's not that. Um, <laughs> next one. Yeah. Like speaking about too much food and things like that. Is too much fruit bad for you? Because I'm like obsessed with grapes and I feel like I have too many grapes, but um, is too much fruit bad for you? Um, so again, it's about understanding what is in fruit. Fruit is sugar. It's natural sugar but it's sugar. Um, So the most important thing I think I can say about eating fruit and eating lots of fruit is making sure that you are not spiking your sugar levels. Spiking your sugar levels is what leads to type two diabetes. So um, it's about making sure that you are balancing your sugar levels. Treat it like you would any other source of fruit, um, any other source of sugar even. Um, So check on my fitness pal, how much sugar is in the fruit that you're having. There's certain fruits that are lower in sugar than others. Um, the berries tend to be pretty good. Raspberries, blackberries, um, blueberries. Um, apples are quite high in sugar. Um, bananas are quite high in sugar. Um, so yeah, and it's about understanding the portion and what that portion should look like. And once you research that, Um, it might change your fruit eating habits a little bit Um, but I think the main thing with fruit is understanding that fruit is great for all the vitamins and the minerals and that's so so important we should never cut it out but we should be very very mindful of the sugar content Um, I think the way that I see this going wrong most of the time is smoothies Um, the amount of fruit that you can pack in a smoothie is unreal like (laughs) you'll make one cup of a smoothie and you've used like three apples and two bananas and half a jug of mango juice and then you're literally drinking yes a load of amazing vitamins and minerals but you're drinking the biggest cup of sugar you've probably gone over your daily intake in that one smoothie um so it's all about yeah understanding the sugar content of fruit and trying to balance that I suppose you talked about like sugar sugar spikes so Mm. does that affect affect (laughs) affect weight loss um if you're always like spiking up your sugars yeah so sugar is carbohydrate um this is where it all gets confusing and scientific carbohydrate is a type of sugar uh you've got lots of different types of sugar refined unrefined um so if you are having lots and lots of sugars it's two things that happen They're high in calories, so you're eating more calories. The second thing that happens is um, you have lots of sugar in the system. It's the easiest to break down. For as long as you're breaking down carbohydrates or sugars, you are not burning into your fat store. So it's going to take a little bit more extra work to be able to get into your fat store, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does. Um, Sorry, I keep asking questions from the questions, but (laughs) like... So like snacking, because that would obviously increase your your sugar levels and like spike as well. So mm-hmm. what do you think about snacking or do you think people should stick to set meals throughout the day? Or So again, I think it depends on your lifestyle, depends on you as a person. Uh, you have to be a little bit more aware of yourself if you are a grazer, because it's easy to end up eating a lot of calories as a grazer. Um, for some people, having breakfast, lunch and dinner works really well. If you work a nine to five, you wake up, you have breakfast before you leave, you have a set lunch break, you eat your lunch, you go home, you have dinner with the family and you go to bed. My life could never work like that. 
I think my regular day, I wake up at five um, to start work and then I'll go and let the horses out. I won't be back home until 11, 11.30 when I'll have a meal. I don't even want to call it breakfast or lunch because it's kind of both. Um, I'll have a meal and then I'll probably eat again at about two, three o'clock before I then start work again. And then I work until sometimes 10 p.m., 11 p.m., come home and then I'll have more food and then it all begins again. So I couldn't really work on a set meal diet because it doesn't work with my lifestyle. Um, but I'm very aware because I graze of what I'm putting into my body. So I don't think there's a better or worse way. It just kind of depends on on your lifestyle. Okay, so with snacking and stuff, it's not about it like um taking up your sugar levels spiking up your sugar levels but it's just about calorie yeah. intake is that correct yeah and it also depends on what you're snacking on um because if you're snacking on pure sugar and spiking your sugar levels the main thing with spiking sugar levels is causing type 2 diabetes and that's what we want to avoid at all costs um but if you're snacking on things that are healthy if you're having cucumber sticks with some greek yogurt or um some hummus with some flatbread and that's what you're grazing on then yeah there's no problem as long as you're aware of if the way I describe it with grazers versus meal havers um if you put all of the food that you had in 24 hours on a table and then compare it if it was the same then great if you're a grazer and you keep grazing and keep grazing and keep grazing and that table is getting bigger and bigger and bigger then you might need to adjust a little bit but if you're having three ginormous meals and your table might be much bigger than the grazer's table. So it's all about in that 24 hour period, what's, what's that intake looking like? Yeah, hundred percent. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> so another myth buster we want to bust. <laughs> uh, is breakfast the most important meal of the day? Or can I skip it? Um, no, it's not the most important meal of the day. And Yes, you can skip it. Um, if you enjoy breakfast and you are hungry when you wake up and your body's telling you it needs to eat, have breakfast. If your body is feeling a little bit, I don't know about everyone else, but I cannot eat as soon as I've woken up. Um, it doesn't work for me and I don't particularly enjoy breakfast in the morning. So I don't have it. If you skip breakfast and by 10 a.m. you feel like you're about to pass out, start having breakfast. <laughs> If you don't have breakfast, you go to the gym and you train and you feel amazing, then there's no need for it. Again, it's, it's about every single individual and about doing what works with your lifestyle and also what your body responds to the best. Um, so yeah, it's a myth. Yeah, that makes sense to be honest. <laughs> Thank you. So, okay, last one. Um, yeah. we okay, so can you be overweight and still healthy? Yes, yes. Um, kind of goes back to the handful of medical conditions that make it very difficult for people to lose weight. Um, I work with a lot of women who have PCOS and find losing weight quite difficult. Um, and when it comes to their BMI, they are classed as overweight, but they are some of the fittest, healthiest girls I know. Um, so your weight does not have a direct correlation to your fitness. You can be a super fit, super healthy plus size woman. Um, you can also be a super fit, super healthy size eight woman, you know, um, it's not all about size. 
it's about looking yourself in the mirror and knowing that you're doing everything you can to look after your body for the longest period of time. And if you can look in the mirror and honestly see that and say that, then happy days. Yeah, exactly. Because you could be, because obviously sometimes people that are very skinny, that isn't healthy either. Is yeah, it's really true. You know, there's a lot of um, a lot of people with high metabolism in their 20s. You know, they find it quite easy to keep weight off. Um, but, you know, they're not eating particularly healthy and not looking after themselves as much as they should. And um, yeah, your your size does not have a direct correlation to your fitness. That is great to hear. Yeah, I'm so happy to hear that because obviously there's a lot of stigma around it. But thank you so much, Bess, for coming on. Genuinely, that was so good. Yeah, it was just so good to catch up and to hear all of these questions. And I'm excited to put these questions out to everybody who listens because um, these are questions I get so often, so often. So um, I I tell people to listen to this episode. (laughs) Yeah, be like, oh, you got questions? Listen to this episode. Everything you need to know. I feel like yeah. I can go on forever because I just love talking about fitness and asking and finding out new things and understanding <laughs> the science behind stuff. Yeah, like, it's um, it's a big, big world of fitness and it's a big world of science out there. So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to cover and it can be really overwhelming. But yeah, having a trainer who can deliver it to you in bite sized bits, uh, it can really help. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure there's so many more questions people have so where can people find you on social so um best place to find me on socials is instagram um bessie pt we'll make sure that we link it um and that's the best place to find me for anything related to fitness yeah and i highly highly recommend best as a pt i don't know if there'll be any slots because genuinely she's always fully booked so <laughs> um and if i was still in south london i would still be doing sessions so I would advise anyone if there is ever a chance because she does also you know you do like sessions like monthly challenges and all these different types of deals and things so definitely follow her on Instagram and just get involved um and as I said she's happy to ask, as she said she's happy to ask any questions on there as well um but yeah thank you so much again thank you so much thank you both for having me yeah Okay, I feel really motivated. I'm going to listen to this again after we edit it and everything. But um, have a lovely rest of the weekend. Yes, you guys too. And yeah, if you guys have any questions, burning questions that come to mind, then I'm always at the end of the phone. You know where to find me. Thank you. Yeah. I'm definitely going to come and say hi to you in the gym. Like, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it was you that I saw. And then I think you were with a client later on. So I was like, hey, I don't want to disturb her. <laughs> oh, no, so, you can um, always come and say hi. But um, yeah. thank you guys for listening. And, you know, let us know your thoughts on this episode and we'll see you next week. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Ben. Bye. Bye. Bye.